Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 50, Messalina and the Angry Oboe. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And here we are at episode 50, which means that there are only two goops left that there is not a tale out for yet. But those are coming, and after those, I've got some other things up my sleeve that are happening in Goop World. So don't you worry, there will be many more. So in today's episode, Messalina lands inside of a cello. Now, I got inspired for this story by seeing this beautiful old photo that was taken inside a cello. And it just opened up this whole little imaginary fantasy world. And it inspired the story to take Messalina inside of it, and she ends up in the orchestra in Verona, Italy. And I chose Verona, Italy for this to take place because it is in Northern Italy, and Northern Italy is where the cello was created hundreds of years ago. So we're gonna travel there with Messalina, And if you want to see what the inside of a cello looks like in this photo that I was inspired by, go to Instagram. I'm now putting photos up on Instagram. So you can go to Gooptails on Instagram, at Gooptails, and you will see a photo of inside the cello. And I'll put up other photos for Gooptails there as well. And you can also see a photo of myself and my dog, Rocco, because Rocco has to listen to all the Goop Tales and approve before I put them out. So he wanted to show up on Instagram as well. So you can check that out. And you can also go to shop.gooptales.com to get your favorite Goop on a t-shirt. So I think that's it for the fun facts before we get started. Oh, and in this story, there is an oboe. How many of you know what an oboe is? Well, the oboe gets a little more recognition in this story. So look out for that. And you can also see a picture of the oboe. I'll put one of those up on Instagram as well. So I will see you on the other side. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a lovely little goop girl named Messalina. Messalina was a little fashion plate. She loved to get dressed up and try on dresses of every style and color, and she always found a hat to match. She had long dresses, short dresses, Fancy dresses, sundresses, and very warm, snuggly dresses that she wore during winter. Messalina was almost always happy and in excellent humor. It was very rare to see her with a frown or in a bad mood. She was just a joyful little soul that spread happiness to everyone she encountered. The only time her delightful mood was interrupted was when her mother scolded her for being so messy. Messalina was indeed 
quite messy, and almost always left some sort of dirt trail in her path, even when she was wearing her fanciest dresses. Once, her mother insisted she leave the table because she spilled tomato soup all over her new white summer dress. It didn't bother Messalina because she thought the tomato soup looked like beautiful red flowers on her dress. But her mother was not pleased. All of the other goops loved to be around Messalina because she was always silly and bright. Chryso enjoyed Messalina even more than the others because she could make him smile like no other, even when he was in the middle of a good cry, which he did enjoy if he didn't get his way. One very wet and rainy spring day, Messalina and Chryso met up to go puddle jumping. This was one of their favorite activities. It was a perfect puddle jumping day. The rain had stormed down all night and was just subsiding as the sun came up. There were puddles everywhere. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and you and you and you, sang out Messalina as she trotted down the road while greeting every bird she saw. They tweeted right back at her. Good morning, Messalina, cried Chryso, who was still quite upset because his mother wouldn't let him have chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. Oh, Chryso, no need to cry. Just look at the puddles all around us. They are much more fun than chocolate chip cookies. Now come on, there is puddle jumping to be done, sang out Messalina. Chryso looked up and cracked a smile. You're right, he said. Chryso was dressed in his little yellow rain slicker and boots and well prepared for puddle jumping. But Messalina was wearing a beautiful patterned dress and a matching hat. You can't go puddle jumping in that dress, exclaimed Chryso. Well, why not, replied Messalina. It will turn into a giant dirty mess he said as his eyes grew wide. Oh, I know, but no one cares. Not me, laughed Messalina. <laughs> well, uh, probably my mother cares. She told me to put on boots and a slicker. Oh, well, I forgot. The two of them set off down the road until they came to the first puddle. Chryso jumped up with both feet and slammed them smack down in the middle of the puddle while Messalina watched from the side and clapped her hands. My turn! My turn! she sang out. They moved on to another puddle that was very muddy, and this time they held hands and jumped in together. As mud water splashed everywhere, they both burst out laughing. (laughs) Messalina, your dress is covered in mud and your shoes! gasped Chryso as he looked down at Messalina's tiny feet that resembled two small mud cakes. I know! I love, love, love it! (laughs) She laughed. Come on, let's find another! They carried on, stomping in puddle after puddle, 
until they came to a crystal clear puddle that was sparkling with sunshine. It was unlike any of the other muddy pools they had jumped into. Oh, this one is so beautiful. Look at it, exclaimed Chryso as he looked down at the puddle and saw his own reflection shining back at him. Look, Messalina, it's like a mirror. Messalina stood at the edge of the puddle and looked down. She saw her own very muddy, messy reflection staring back at her, and she burst out laughing. (laughs) This puddle is way too shiny and clean. This should be a muddy puddle, she exclaimed. The puddle seemed to frown back at her as if to disagree. I don't think this puddle is very happy with you, Messalina. You need to just let it be crystal clear like it is, said Chryso. Oh no, I can't. I just can't, called out Messalina as she jumped as high as she could and catapulted herself right into the middle of the crystal clear puddle with her little mud pie feet. Chryso watched as Messalina flew up into the air and then shot down feet first as the puddle opened up and swallowed her. Chapter 2 Messalina felt herself swirling in a water vortex. She started to spin faster and faster. Her eyes were squeezed tightly shut when she felt herself being spit out of the whirling puddle and landing with a tiny plunk. She stood up and opened her eyes to take a look around. Messalina was in some sort of tiny wooden box or room that had curved walls, no windows, and a ceiling with two holes in the shape of an elongated F. Light was streaming in through the F-shaped holes, lighting up the cozy little room Messalina was in. The light was soft and friendly and made her feel right at home. Hmm, I wonder where I am, Messalina said out loud. Is anyone out there? She called up towards the F-shaped hole above her. I'm a here. I'm A, she heard a voice respond, which was followed by the sound of a cello note. Oh, what? asked Messalina. What are you? I'm a A. Well, to be precise, I'm the A string on the cello. You're in, but I go by A, she heard the voice say again followed by the same cello note. What? I'm inside a cello? exclaimed Messalina with sheer delight. You certainly are. Just look up and you can probably see me. Now don't confuse me with Sia, G, and Dia. I may. You will see four of us. I'm the one on the right. The others are taking a nap right now but I do a love a visitor. Messalina looked up, and sure enough, she saw four cello strings. A 
gave a tiny wiggle. Messalina burst out laughing. <laughs> I see you. I know it is cozy in there, but you had better hop out, at least for now. The orchestra is playing Verona tonight, and you certainly don't want to be inside a cello while it is being played in an orchestra. I don't think your ears would handle that. Here, let me help you, said A as he bowed down a bit so that Messalina could reach up and grab him. Then he pulled her right through the F-hole and into an enormous room full of various instruments. Messalina gasped. <gasps> Everything was so beautiful. There were bassoons, trombones, tubas, more cellos, trumpets, French horns, flutes, harps, and very large flutes just waiting to be played. Impressive, isn't it? asked A. Oh, it is, it is, exclaimed Messalina as she started to walk around the room. The tuba played a little tune, summoning Messalina to him. She glided over and ran her tiny hands over the enormous tuba. Then she looked down his large flared bell and whispered, You are resplendent! The tuba gave a little toot in thanks and then whispered back, Not everyone is as friendly as me. Watch out for... But before he could finish, he was interrupted by the high-pitched voice of a clarinet. Attenzione, mia bambini! We have a performance tonight. Is everyone ready? In top form tonight? Sono pronto! Sono pronto! Sono pronto! There was a chorus of answers in Italian all saying the same thing. Sono pronto. I'm ready. Bene, bene! We will play beautifully tonight! exclaimed the clarinet. No sono pronto! Chiara, the clarinet, was interrupted by a very ill-tempered oboe named Otello, saying he wasn't ready. No sono pronto. Otello, what is the matter now? sighed Chiara. She rolled her clarinet eyes because Otello was almost never in a good mood, and tonight he seemed especially irritable. Otello stood up stick straight, like the oboe he was, and then he pointed himself towards Messalina who was half-hidden by the tuba. Her! She is the matter! Her! Why is she here? Dirty little mud-covered thing! She doesn't belong here! All of the instruments turned to stare at Messalina. Messalina was usually quite charming, but she was caught off guard, and all she could think to do was straighten out her dress. As she did, dirt fell to the floor. She must go. She will ruin our performance, screeched Otello 
as he shot across the room like an arrow, headed straight at Messalina. Run! whispered the tuba as he gave Messalina a huge tuba push toward the door. Chapter 3 Messalina could feel herself flying across the air straight towards the closed door. She watched as the cello leaned over, just in the nick of time, to fling open the door and let her fly through. Then he slammed it shut as Otello smashed right into it. Otello fell to the ground and raged. Basta! He screeched. Otello was angry. He had been a very important part of the orchestra for centuries, yet most people didn't even know who he was. Many thought he was a giant flute. He played beautiful music when he wasn't so angry, but he never seemed to get the praise or the compliments that the other instruments did. For hundreds of years, he had heard people talk about how gorgeous the big shiny tuba was or how moving the cello was. Even the glockenspiel seemed to cast a spell on audiences. But no one ever knew what an oboe was. Otello felt invisible. He was smaller and skinnier than the tuba and the cello. Now that they were playing in Verona, Italy, everyone was making a fuss over the cello because northern Italy was the birthplace of the cello. He had watched as Messalina popped out of the cello with a smile on her face after chatting with A, and as she wandered over to the tuba, and they became instant friends. No one did this for him, and he was bitter and jealous. Otello, you need to calm down. We have a performance tonight in Verona. This is so special for us, said Chiara in a commanding tone. Messalina was on the other side of the door with a racing heart. She had no idea what had just happened or why Otello was so angry, but she knew she had narrowly escaped his wrath. Messalina was rarely rattled due to her very optimistic nature, so she decided to carry on and explore the opera house now that Otello was lying on the floor with a smashed nose. She was in Teatro Filarmonico, the opera house of Verona. It had been rebuilt twice after surviving a fire in 1745 and a bombing during World War II. This old opera house had heart and history and many, many stories hidden in its walls. Messalina ambled up through the glorious theater. Up and down the aisles she went, admiring the red velvet seats and the golden balconies. There were four balconies layered above one another with private box seats encircling the main stage. It really was a spectacular sight. Messalina sat in one of the front row seats and closed her eyes. 
She tried to imagine what it would be like to sit and listen to a real orchestra, to see her new friends come to life. She could hear A and the friendly tuba playing together with dozens of other instruments. Then she thought of Otello, and her daydream came to a halt. She knew he wouldn't stop chasing her. He had it in for her, and she didn't know why. Oh, well, there's nothing I can do about him, she reassured herself, but she was still a little scared. Then she heard the tuba. He gave a very loud and long sound, almost like a warning. Messalina opened her eyes and turned her ears in the direction of the tuba. Something didn't sound quite right. The tuba sounded almost desperate, not the way Messalina imagined he would play. Then he blared again, even louder and longer. And Messalina looked up to see Otello perched on the edge of the balcony above her. I knew I would find you here. I won't allow you to steal my thunder, too, he hissed. Then he spun himself around, shot up into the air, and pointed himself straight down, aimed right at Messalina like a missile. Chapter 4 Messalina froze. She couldn't move her head or neck as she stared upwards at Otello. It was almost impossible for Messalina to believe that this was really happening. Whenever things were stressful, Messalina would retreat into her imagination where it felt safe and warm. She imagined the cozy room inside the cello and talking to A, and she wished she was there again. But she wasn't. Otello sped straight down towards the frozen Messalina, aiming for her nose. Messalina could feel the air moving above her face and felt Otello just inches away when she heard a loud clattering sound. Oh, no, you don't. Don't you worry about this creature. We have work to do. And I won't have tonight's performance ruined by you, called out a very exasperated Chiara. Earlier, the tuba had seen Otello slide under the door after Messalina left the instrument room, and he knew exactly where Otello was headed. He tooted his tuba horn as a warning and he told Chiara. He knew Chiara was quick and mobile, and she would go after Otello. The tuba couldn't move that fast. Chiara considered herself the headmistress of all the instruments, and she took pride in each and every performance, and this one wouldn't be ruined by Otello. She flew across the orchestra pit and knocked Otello to the ground, just in the nick of time. As she hustled Otello back to the instrument room, she turned towards Messalina and scowled. And you, 
You dirty little creature! You must go back from wherever you came! Pronto! Then they both disappeared. Messalina sat down on a red velvet chair in the corner and softly cried. She was always so happy, and it was a rare occasion when someone disliked her. She didn't know what to do, but she did know that she wanted to go back inside the cello, say goodbye to A, and go back home to Goop World. But she wasn't welcome near the instruments. It's okay, my dear. Don't cry. We all have moments like this. And I will help you through. Messalina looked up to see a beautiful old harp named Arpa, hidden away in the corner behind her. Arpa went on to tell Messalina all about Otello and his anger and jealousy, and how he felt so overlooked and underappreciated. Messalina listened quietly, and her big heart broke a tiny bit for Otello. Arpa, I just want to go home, and I have an idea. Will you help me? asked Messalina. Arpa let out a long harp response of, Yes! She hadn't been used in years due to a broken string that had never been fixed, and she was very happy to have some company. So Messalina settled into the red velvet chair and told Arpa all about her plan, as Arpa oohed and awed with Splendido! Fantastico! After listening to the plan, Arpa sent out several mysterious strums of her harp until they heard the tuba respond with a small toot. Messalina and Arpa smiled at each other and then waited quietly in place behind the curtain for the performance at Teatro Philharmonica to take place. At precisely 7 p.m., Messalina watched from the sidelines as the orchestra musicians walked into the theater and took their seats with instruments in hand. She saw Chiara beaming proudly, the shining tuba, the enormous cello, a violin, a bassoon, and finally Otello, who didn't see her hidden behind the curtains. The audience grew silent and the conductor lifted his baton. There was a magical moment of silence and then the music began. It was pure enchantment and everyone was enraptured until suddenly all of the instruments either stopped or slowed down. All except Otello. Otello carried on alone and played the most moving solo, captivating everyone, including the conductor, 
who was just as surprised as all of the musicians. Otello played more beautifully than he ever had in over 200 years. All ears were listening. Messalina turned to Arpa and smiled. It worked, she whispered. Then she silently crept through the orchestra, gave the tuba a pat on his giant belly, and said, Grazie. Then she crept over to the cello and held on to A as he silently lowered her in to his cozy wooden belly. Messalina smiled. They had done it. With the help of the tuba and arpa, all of the instruments had worked together to give Otello his solo and the recognition he so richly deserved. As his solo ended, Otello smiled and the orchestra started up again and Messalina found herself swirling back to Goop World. The sound of the orchestra was still spinning in her head as she landed back on a rainy, puddle-filled road in Goop World. She looked around for Chryso, so excited to tell him all about the orchestra in Verona. But Chryso was nowhere to be found. He was crying in the chocolate hills. But that is a tale for another time. Okay, that is it for this episode of Goop Tales. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. And if you don't know how to do that, you can go to gooptales.com forward slash reviews and I show you how to do that. And I love getting those reviews. I check them every day. I read every single one of them. And I just can't thank you enough. They keep me motivated. They keep me going and they inspire me. So thank you. Thank you for writing those reviews on iTunes. And they also help to spread the word. And I ask that if you enjoy Goop Tales, if you will spread the word to your friends that you think would enjoy it too. Now you can go to gooptales.com and sign up on the mailing list and get a free coloring book. It's a downloadable PDF. There's volume one and volume two, and you can color in the goops however you like. You can also go to shop.gooptales.com and get a t-shirt with your favorite goop on it. So finally, you can go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 50, that's five zero, and you can see the photos that go with this story. But these photos, I'm also going to start putting on Instagram at gooptales. So I would love it if you follow me on gooptales on Instagram. So please come on over there and you can see pictures that I don't put anywhere else, not on the website. And you're going to see a little bit more of my dog, Rocco, who wants to show up. Maybe one day he'll be in a goop tail. So that's it for this time. And I will see you next time when we go to the Chocolate Hills with Chryso. And until then, make every day a goop day.